Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, who loves us with a transforming love. From our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, and from the Spirit who unites us all. Amen. If you are a sixth or seventh grader, this story should sound really familiar because we just studied it as we talked about the first commandments. This story in Exodus follows the giving of the Ten Commandments. So this is in Exodus 32, but God gives Moses the commandments and he takes them to the people in Exodus 20. And in that encounter in Exodus 20, the people hear God in thunder and they get really freaked out. So they say to Moses, you go up there and you talk to God. We'll stay down here. And so Moses does. Moses goes up to the mountain by himself and continues to talk to God as God tells him what it's going to look like to create this community of people from the community that God brought up out of Egypt. But that was 12 chapters ago. And the people, they're getting a little nervous. They're getting anxious. Because they don't really know this Moses guy. I mean, he had left Egypt quite a bit before that. And they weren't really quite sure why they were just kind of hanging out in the desert when they could be in Egypt where at least they knew where their next meal was going to come from. And so they began to allow their fear, their fear of the unknown, to dictate their actions, which took them against God's commandments that they had just received. And they go to Aaron, Moses' brother, and say, you need to make a God for us, something that we can see. And Aaron does. So one has to wonder what's going on in Aaron's brain too, but we don't know much. But Aaron gives in to the people and takes their gold and casts this golden calf and the people worship it as the God who brought them out of Egypt. And when Aaron sees that, he then builds an altar and claims a feast day. Let us celebrate this God who brought us out of Egypt. The people, in their fear, in their anxiousness, seek something tangible, something to touch, something to see, something to revere as they wait at the foot of the mountain. Something that would give them a sense of meaning to this wandering in the wilderness. They were a newly formed community. Their whole life had just changed. Everything they knew was no longer a part of their life, except for maybe the people that surrounded them. And even though they had those Ten Commandments, they were still trying to figure things out. And I'm pretty sure, given their actions, they were not sure they should trust Moses. This man who says he speaks for God. But they also had the stories at least those who were gathered, those slaves that were brought into this community, those who were Israelites, who were descendants of Abraham, they had the stories of their ancestors, the promises of their God. 
And they were a part of history, of making those promises come to life. But they couldn't see it. They didn't allow themselves to be curious and to imagine what that could look like. And instead allowed fear to overtake them. The other thing that they forgot in the midst of this was the very name that God gave them. When Moses was at the burning bush, Moses was like, this is kind of a crazy idea, God. You have to give me your name. And God uses Yahweh. And then God also says, tell the people that I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. And in the midst of giving, in that giving of the name of this incredible God, who was the God of their ancestors, God reminds them that he is also the God of freedom and the God of life. But waiting there on the mountain in a whole bunch of uncertainty, they forget all of that. So I've been thinking about this story for a couple of weeks because we filmed the video for our confirmands that they saw this last week, a couple weeks ago. And I've been thinking about how we are as community together and our, our human propensity for needing certainty or needing things to calm us, to assure us, to give us strength. And I couldn't help but think about the first time I flew on a plane after 9-11. It was in November, December, as I was going, I was probably December, as I was going home for Christmas break from seminary. And in that plane ride, I had my prayer beads in my hand. It was something that calmed me as I made that first plane ride. It helped me breathe, gave me some certainty or the clothes or the jewelry that I may choose to wear on any given day that give me a boost or make me feel more confident or um, my collar that if I'm going into an unknown place where I need people to know who I am. I mean, this is kind of a form of here I am. This is who I am. And I don't think that those things are necessarily bad in and of themselves. But when we begin to rely on those things or other idols, other things that pull us from God, that's where we get into trouble. That's where we move from a people of God who are given a, a, a spirit of courage to totally human people that give in to our fear. So as I've been thinking about these people, and us people here in 2020. I've been spending a lot of time thinking about the idol of certainty and how certainty has become, for many of us human people here, our idol. It's become the thing that we crave in order to feel good. It's the thing that we trust more than anything, perhaps even more than God. And I think that happens, as I've been spending the last three days with my systems theory people, and we've been talking about that, that happens, this need for certainty, this clinging to something that we can touch and feel and know, happens in times of increased anxiety, which I think we're probably in. I don't know about you, but I think that we're there, right? And the challenge for us who follow Jesus 
who say that we fear and love God above all things, in times of fear and increased anxiety, the challenge to us is not to seek certainty, but instead to trust God even in those times where we're not sure. To follow God and God's commandments for our life, which Jesus distills down to just two. This is going to shock you. Love God and love neighbor, right? You all knew that already. Pastor Stanton and I say it all the time. And what that takes, sometimes that takes us to a place of uncertainty. But that shouldn't matter too much if we can get our anxiety low because we fear and love God above all others, which is Martin Luther's explanation of the first commandment. So it means checking ourselves, followers of Jesus, tuning into ourselves and saying, what idols do I need to confront? What am I reaching for for comfort? What are my fears causing me to assume about other people and about our world? And continually moving ourselves away from those things and toward our God. Easy, right? No. (laughs) Hardly ever. And that's where being a part of this faith community, being baptized into a faith community, as we will see Nora in just a moment, being baptized into is so important. Because together, we can kind of hold that fear at bay. We can remind each other of the God that we have, that we see in Jesus the Christ. The God that we see up on a cross who dies and then dares to rise again so that we may know the one thing that we will know for certain, that we are loved and forgiven. So as we are called out into the world to do all sorts of crazy things where there's no certainty of the outcome, but we know the actions, we can do so with a sense of courage instead of fear. But we can't do that alone. So we do it together. We help each other learn the creed, the Ten Commandments, and the Lord's Prayer. We make sure that we are studying the Bible together, that we are worshiping together, even when in times of pandemic, we have to be apart. We make sure that we are supporting each other in our work for peace and justice in this world. So the promises that you're going to hear Nora's parents make in just a moment are the promises that we need to hear for ourselves, too, as we walk alongside each other so that we don't gravitate toward idols, but we are constantly pulled by the Spirit toward the God who is with us, walks with us, has died and risen for us each and every day. And this is the story that we allow to shape our lives as we work for peace and justice for the sake of the whole world. Thanks be to God. Amen.